0: Hello, hello, how are y'all doing out there today? Welcome to Lessons from the Fire podcast. This is Amanda Hood speaking. I am excited about our topic today. Um, I hope you are too. It might get a little awkward, might get a little weird, but it's gonna be a good one. Before I get started, I want to give you my email address that you can contact me at if you have any questions about anything I say today, Or suggestions for future podcast topics. So my email address is MissAmandaK, that's M-I-S-S, Amanda, the letter K, 44, at gmail.com. I would love to hear any feedback and suggestions you may have. So I am going to talk about an uncomfortable topic today. When it comes to the supernatural, many people, whether they are Christians or not, find it really hard to talk about things they can't explain. When we experience things that can't be explained by our understanding of science, we will try to rationalize it as a coincidence. We might brush it off as our imagination. And for a lot of people, if we can't explain how it happened or why, We really don't want anything to do with it. You know, when it comes to the Christian faith, that's a huge problem. Christianity was founded on the miraculous. You cannot believe in a God who rose from the dead without having some belief in things you can't fully explain, right? And the supernatural by nature isn't explainable. You can certainly experience it. You can see it happen. But there isn't a math equation or a science experiment to explain how people walk out of their grave clothes. Or how someone can receive a word from the Lord and get insight into somebody's life they've never met. Or how there are doctors who've been baffled by people who had cancer, showed up for surgery, and it was just miraculously gone. But... You know, we'd rather ignore that sometimes than sit with the fact that we just witnessed a miracle. And the supernatural can make us uncomfortable, and that's because us humans like control. I mean, let's just be honest. We like to know what's going on, how things work, and what's going to happen in our lives. There's a lot of people who have so numbed their minds to the possibility of supernatural occurrences They try to explain away all mental illness with a medical diagnosis. Now, don't get me wrong. I fully believe there are physical and emotional symptoms of mental illness. We've talked about that on this podcast. I know that real traumas happen that really do wound us. However, I believe the root, the root of all mental illness is spiritual. It's like I said in um, a previous episode, Five Truths to Come Back the lie of worthlessness, if you have not listened to that, you need to go back and listen to it or share it with a friend that needs to listen to it or, you know, do that. But, um, like I, like I said on that episode, people who suffer through abuse go through the pain of that, abu- uh, that abuse itself and then they go through the after effects of that pain and suffer through it over and over and over again by means of anxiety and depression and bipolar disorder. But, um... You know, it makes me wonder, and I wonder if you've ever thought about this, why people who've been abused, abandoned by their parents, suffered through traumas, or grown up with super strict and controlling parents, you know, have you ever thought why those people are the ones that end up with a mental illness? You know, why them? Why is it a specific type of people who've had really traumatic circumstances? It's not because of chemical imbalances, friends. (laughs) It's because they went through some sort of pain and they can't get over that wound and they haven't been taught how to. Then demonic forces come in and exploit that by means of planting anxious, depressing, suicidal, homicidal, all kinds of crazy thoughts in our minds. Guys, I cannot make this up. Um, let me read you a couple scriptures to give you a foundation of where I'm coming from with this. So Hebrews 11, 1 it says faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. Keep that in mind. Then in Ephesians 6, it says, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, hold on. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What would that say? Oh, it said the devil. That's right. But anyways, let's continue. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil. So what we have here are two very well-known verses assuring us of a supernatural world that's typically beyond our sight, but it's very real and very active in our world today. And that's why it is a huge problem for the believer in Christ to deny the exist—I cannot talk—to <laughs> deny the existence of demonic and angelic presences. You know, if you aren't a believer, I really do encourage you to put your hope in Christ. He's the only one that can save your soul and bring rest to your heart. But if you haven't placed your faith in a supernatural God, I don't really expect you to put stock in a supernatural world. But for my Christians, on the other hand, if you refuse to believe, then we have a problem. If you refuse to engage with the Holy Spirit, you will miss out on some of the greatest power and experience with God you will ever have. In my mind, there's a few reasons why ignoring the supernatural is such an issue for Christians. Number one, if you have refused to acknowledge forces of evil in particular, you're going to fight the wrong fight. You'll treat all your wounds with drugs, and you'll never do battle on your knees. And let me tell you, the drugs, they might help. Um, I know they give some people relief. However, they are not going to solve your problems. They cannot give you hope. And if you don't know what battle you're actually facing, you'll spend your entire life gritting your teeth and going to war with yourself instead of fighting the real enemy of your soul. Um, Another reason it's really not good for us to ignore the realm of the supernatural is it will drain us of all the power God offers us. The last few weeks, I was under some major spiritual warfare, and I do mean major. It it really seemed like all the progress I'd made in my recovery had been just tossed to the wind, and I was all of a sudden back at square one. I was super frustrated. I was begging God to give me wisdom on what to do and how to free myself. And while I was fasting and praying in his typical, amazing kind and gentle manner, he directed me to this sermon and highlighted chapter 5 of Galatians through the teaching the pastor was talking about. And this pastor pointed out that when we struggle with addiction, anxiety, or sin, if we try to overcome it on our own, we fall from grace. And the point of the cross was God knew we could never fulfill the law and overcome sin on our own, so he had to do it for us. But so often when we go into battles of the mind, we try to wage war against our demons, and we go to war against our demons on our own. You know, I learned a great deal from my counselor, Stacy. I I adore him. He has been, you know, kind of a father figure in my life, and he's helped me so much. And all the tips and pointers I shared with you are really, really important in overcoming anxious and depressing thoughts though the one thing that i and no therapist can give you is power they can tell you the right things but they can't make you believe it and they certainly cannot empower you to do it if you have a christian counselor i really hope they're telling you that you're depressing you're suicidal you're self-loathing all of these thoughts and feelings aren't coming from you you are not crazy you are not hopeless You are not experiencing anxious and depressing thoughts as a side effect of a malfunctioning brain. You are under attack. You're being watched and studied. And I think understanding where your crazy thoughts come from is crucial to being able to overcome them. The key to overcoming anxiety that I've talked about a lot in the past is uh, passive acceptance. And that's basically just when you have a weird thought or a weird feeling. You respond to it passively, and you don't give it much thought. The second you begin to own that stuff and say things like, I'm an anxious person. I'm a depressed person. I will never get over this, yada, yada, yada. You have unknowingly agreed with the lie that the spiritual forces of evil planted into your heart. Now, they have authority to come after you. Because the only way a force of evil can get power in your life is if you are deceived enough to hand it over to them. I want to say that one more time because it's super important. The only way a spiritual force of evil can get power in your life is if you are deceived enough to hand it over to them. They were stripped. Spiritual forces of evil were stripped of all of their power when Jesus died on the cross and rose. In Colossians 2.15, it tells us Jesus disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So listen to that. He disarmed them. They had authority. Now they don't. So I guess the question remains, like, how do they keep wreaking havoc on people? Well, the answer is because a lot of us Christians are ignoring the reality of spiritual war and not guarding ourselves in prayer and not praying for our friends and family to be saved and delivered. Forces of evil only have the power that we give them. Everyone experiences a crazy thought or emotion at some point in their life. For people who chronically struggle with mental health issues, instead of brushing these thoughts and symptoms aside, which is passive acceptance, Instead of allowing them just to pass and move on, we freak out, we worry, we spin ourselves into a freaking pit, and make something that was slightly uncomfortable and obnoxious into a downright disaster. And look, when I when I'm saying all this, I I understand when spirits press on you, they press on you, okay? I get it. They torment you with thoughts. They come after you with everything they have. They pick and they poke at you relentlessly. But the important thing to understand is they're doing that to see if you'll break and if you'll agree with them. They keep going and going and going because they want to know if you know the authority you walk in. If you're a believer in Christ. And they want to know if you'll stand on it think about how bullies operate. They go after person, after person, after person. Now, if one of those people they keep going after ends up clocking them in the jaw, they probably will not go after that person again. But what they will do is pick on the little guy, or at least the person who sees themselves as weak and helpless. I mean, it's the obvious target. It's easy. And for you, if you've never been taught to fight with spiritual weapons, you become that easy target for forces of evil. Because you will spend your life going to doctors whose only prerogative is to make money and to tell you anything that you will listen to to get on some meds and get out the door. I I don't think medication in and of itself is the devil. I really don't. But I do think the way it is marketed as a cure is, is demonic. Out of all the times I visited doctors and was prescribed pills for anxiety, I literally never, not one time, not one single time, had a doctor test my blood, urine, or anything else for chemical imbalance. Not, not once. Yet haven't we been hearing this myth for decades? Hasn't the medical industry been pushing prescriptions down our throats for years without a single thought to the emotional or spiritual trauma a person might be under? How on earth can they diagnose people as having chemical imbalances without ever testing for it? That that makes no sense. Yet science tells us it's true. Well, riddle me this, Batman. If your science can prove I have an invisible illness without testing, why can't you believe that invisible forces are behind mental oppression and torment? Hmm? Why can you believe in chemical imbalances But not in principalities and forces of darkness. Please help me understand. And I mean, me, for example, like, I never told a doctor. I heard voices tell me to do crazy things because I already knew what they were going to do. They're going to label me schizophrenic, label me bipolar, label label me something. And I knew they would label me without being able to test me for any of this stuff and prove what was actually going on. I knew my issues had a spiritual root. But unfortunately, I wasn't ready for battle. I didn't know, and more importantly, I didn't really believe the word of God in a way that could pull me out of the cycle of obsessing over lies being thrown at me. I'd been in and out of church my entire life, and more recently, I'd been in Bible studies and sharing my testimony. But I, I really was still a broken little girl desperately looking for love and acceptance. So when the enemy came for me, I didn't know how to stand in the love of Christ and just push that crop aside and declare the power of Jesus' death and resurrection. And chances are many of you out there don't know how to do that either. You know, it's really, really heartbreaking how many people in the church are living under the oppression of the enemy. So many of us aren't living in the freedom Jesus died to give us. And it's sad because we're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be the ones walking in power and authority and casting out devils, not imprisoned by them. And it's sad because we aren't teaching people how to walk in their authority. I mean, you don't often hear spiritual warfare taught from the pulpit, do you? And I mean, how often do you hear it talked about kids ministry or in small groups You know, it's one of just those weird, uncomfortable topics, kind of like the Holy Spirit, that people agree is probably a reality, but also do everything in their power to ignore. We don't like what we can't understand. So, instead of relying on the power of God and His Word to destroy all things that set themselves up against the knowledge of Christ, what do we end up doing? We walk around like orphans, oppressed, in bondage. Helpless in despair, yelling and screaming at God to do something while ignoring the very tools he used his life to purchase for us. Some of you might really relate to the frustration that I had. I was so mad at God for letting this stronghold take over my mind. You know, my own theology about who he was really played a role into my deepest fears about what I went through. I believed he was in control, and I also believed nothing that happened to me was able to happen without first passing through his hand. I believed he was mighty, and I believed he was powerful, and he could take the torment away from me at any moment. So when the months started turning into years and nothing was changing, I. I got a little fed up with God. And I want to take a half second right here. And I want to say this to you God is kind and he is loving and he is patient. He put up with a lot for me. And I do mean a lot. So while I encourage you to vent your frustrations to him and to be honest, I also, at the same time and with the same fervency, is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> I equally want to encourage you to stay in the word and do not allow the enemy to deceive you into questioning his character. Please do not do that. Stick with it. Stay in the word. Keep pressing in. He is good. And if I can say that to you after nearly four years of walking through hell, trust me, he is good. And unfortunately, you know, I got fed up with him after... Many, many years of fighting a never-ending battle. I'm in a better place now, but, you know, around the two-year mark, I was not. I was furious, furious that people would pray for me and the torment would lift, but it would only lift for a few hours. I felt, yeah, there were days I just felt like God was holding me underwater trying to drown me. And then on occasion, when he just felt like he was in a good mood, he'd lift me up to let me catch my breath. And then back under, I went. And it might seem like a a little bit crazy to you to stay in a relationship with a God that I felt that way about. But there was something in me that knew I was missing something. Something in me knew what I was experiencing and feeling wasn't the full picture. So let me share these truths with you today. What you're feeling. The thoughts you're hearing, the despair you're encountering, that is not the only thing happening in your life. I promise you, if you will get in God's word and continually do battle with truth, you will begin to see the power of Jesus demolish strongholds and change your life. You know, for me, for the longest time, I blamed God. I yelled at him all the time, treated him like a bag of dirt. Then two seconds later, I'd ask him for help and scream at him for doing nothing, which was really mature. <laughs> um, literally just last week, I finally, I finally heard something God has been trying to teach me for the longest time. And I want to share this with you and hope it'll make a difference in the way that you see your situation. So as I was praying last week, I was sitting on the floor asking God to free me of the stronghold. I had reared its ugly head all over again. and. In all honesty, just full transparency here, I was so worn down because I had been dealing with this non-stop for probably a week and a half, and I was just super defeated and was in a really bad mental state all over again to the point that I just wanted to chug a bottle of vodka and go to bed. I mean, honestly, I just wanted my mind to shut off so I could relax for a few hours. But instead of guzzling the great goose... I got on my knees and I prayed. I know. Look at me go. So smart. So (laughs) much. I can't even say that without laughing. I'm so stupid. I got on my knees. Okay. Serious now. Instead of guzzling vodka, got on my knees and I prayed. And out loud, I surrendered my pain, my anxiety, my thought life and everything. I just verbally out loud, you know, said, God, I surrender X, Y, Z. And when I was on my knees talking to him, in my mind, I kind of saw him come towards me. And there was this instinctive thing that happened where I pushed him away. And I was like, don't you dare get in this with me. You're supposed to take me out of this. And that's when it hit me. I had been so dead set on God being my deliverer. I refused to allow him to be my friend and my source of power. I wanted him to set me free more than I appreciated him getting in the mud and walking with me through this thing. And I think most of us, we like the idea of Jesus being our friend, right? I mean, it sounds good. You know, it sounds good to have him listen to your worries and give you all the good advice. But I think what we often forget is that when it, When our friends come into our messes, they don't always come with solutions. They don't always jump right in ready with a battle plan. Sometimes, sometimes they just come close and they weep with us and they listen to us. So having Jesus as your friend might be backwards from what you're expecting of him right now. You know, we see him as the Lion of Judah, the strong tower, the mighty warrior who saves. And he is all of those things. But sometimes he has to get in the mess with us and grieve with us as a part of our healing. Allowing him to be our friend is just as important as letting him be our savior. So that day, right after I pushed him away, all of this revelation just dawned on me. and in his precious nature, he came close to me again in my mind. And this time I grabbed his hand and I was like, okay, okay, let's, let's just do this together. And then at that moment, he actually gave me another revelation that if he doesn't get into the mess with you, his power can't flow through you. Because, uh, second Corinthians 12, I think says his power is made perfect in weakness. And that's because our weaknesses give him room to operate and get the glory. Now, we also talked about that a little bit on episode four, where I said if we can't accept our weaknesses, Jesus has no room to move in our lives. So when we grabbed hands in my mind while I was praying, I just felt this awareness of his power flowing through my grasp. It was beautiful. You know, for years, I've been asking him to deliver me while at the same time pushing away the very means of him doing that which was by letting his power flow through me. You see, Jesus is the power source, but we have a role to play in this thing too. God made us ambassadors of his kingdom. He gave us the authority of his son. So while Jesus is capable of overpowering our minds and doing everything for us, he's not going to do that. He values us too much to turn us into robots and remove our free will. So as hard as it is, a lot of the time, the only way our victory with mental health will come is by learning his word, which holds the power. And by taking a stand to walk in that power and proclaim those truths over our life. And the really, really sweet part about this whole vision that I saw that I really want to drive home with you right before we close out is while you're learning to do this, while You and I are failing constantly. Jesus is right in the middle of it with you, weeping when you weep, celebrating when you are successful. He is right there like the perfect big brother cheering you on every step of the way. Man, I I mean, that's an amazing God who will not only get us out of the fire, but walk through the fire with us. That is all I have for today on spiritual warfare, on accepting weakness, and on all the different things we talked about. I believe that I spoke a lot about Jesus and I covered a lot of truths about the gospel, so I'm not going to go into further detail about that right now. If you have any questions about Jesus being the Savior, if you have any questions about what it looks like to become a Christian, if you have questions about Any of the things we've talked about on this or any other episode, please reach out. I'll give you my email one more time. Miss, M-I-S-S, Amanda, the letter K, 44 at gmail.com. I love you guys so much. I hope this was an encouragement and a blessing to you. Have a wonderful day, and I will see you on the next episode. I'm not the one